Hey everybody, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And today I want to talk about a 5G system. You know, what will the 5G networks look like? I thought it would be interesting to break it down and I have it in my blog at wade4wireless.com. W-A-D-E, the number four wireless.com. Just go there for all the information. I have a few drawings I made up there to show you what it would be like. And then I have a video in there that Verizon about Verizon's trials uh, with 5G. It was back in February, but anyway, we're very excited, right? 5G, new network. What would you say the new network's like the old network? <laughs> so the reason I say it like that is because really it's going to be based off LTE. And when I say it's going to be based off LTE, the carriers really don't want to upgrade their networks again. But And when I say upgrade, I mean overhaul. Like they, they just went from GSM or CDMA to LTE and they're in the process of sunsetting the 2G, the 3G, and they're moving to LTE and they have to get voice over LTE working because we all know we need voice. We still use voice on cell phones. You're listening to voice right now on a podcast. So it's interesting because I get where they're coming from. 5G, they want a new network. But the way I would look at it is a network off a network. That's exactly how I would look at it. I wouldn't look at it as as just a new network per se. I would look at it as an extension of the existing network. Now, with that said, let's break it down. The LTE systems that the carriers have are constantly being upgraded. Oh, first, hold on. <laughs> Almost forgot to thank my sponsors. I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro, Tower Tracker Pro for all your Closeout package needs. Get it done right the first visit. Tower safety and instruction for all your tower safety and instruction needs and training for all your safety, tower rescue, and drone training for tower work. I also have the wireless deployment handbook out there so you understand wireless deployment for LTE systems, specifically small cells, CRAN, and DAS. End-to-end deployment, let you know where the handoffs are. Also, a shout out to the Hubble Foundation, Hubble, H-U-B-B-L-E, foundation.org, and to the Tower Family Foundation, towerfamilyfoundation.org, for all that they do for the fallen climbers and the injured climbers out there in our industry. When I say our industry, I mean wireless, because tower workers get hurt all the time. And these are the groups that, with your donations, can make a difference in those families. They're the ones that actually make the living for those families bearable after an unbearable loss, whether it be a loss of a loved one or whether it just be someone who got injured and can no longer work. Okay, let's talk 5G. So what I was saying is the carriers really don't want to just overhaul the LTE systems they have. And besides, they're getting pretty happy now because the LTE systems are becoming a commodity. When things become a commodity, it drives prices down. It's good and it's bad because now everyone has similar network coverage and I would say it's going to get real competitive on that front as well. I mean, look at Sprint. Sprint's already driving the prices down. T-Mobile offering free video, whatever their service is. And, you know, it's just going to get competitive. Don't get me wrong. We still have our favorites. You know, there's a lot of people that like the big boys or the little guys or they're happy with Sprint. They're happy with T-Mobile. They're happy with AT&T Wireless. And there's a lot of people that just love Verizon. And I'm a fan of Verizon. I think the network works really, really well. Uh, I know people with AT&T Wireless. They're happy with that. I know people with T-Mobile. They're happy with that. I know people with Sprint. And I'll leave it at that. So now, LTE is getting better. It's getting faster. They're coming up with ways to improve the network, like carrier aggregation. 
They're coming up with ways to put multiple carriers together to make it look like one big pipe. It's what they used to do with, you know, a lot of different smaller networks. You know, you had a lot of Ethernet networks. You could put them together to make them look like one big pipe. Well, they figured out how to do that in the LTE system, and it's really cool, and it really works well. Also, the FCC is freeing up more and more spectrum. In fact, now I didn't put the link in there. I probably should have, but the FCC did free up some spectrum for the 5G, but it's it's higher. It's like 28 gigahertz and up. 28 gigs here in the U.S., but it's very high spectrum. And you know what that means? That means a tiny, tiny network. You won't be hopping 30, 40 miles unless you're shooting up to a satellite. And I don't think we're going to put a big, like a, you know, 12 foot dish in <laughs> to shoot back and forth for this. I think what they're looking at are very small networks, similar to what you have for your Wi-Fi, but with a different format. And kudos out to Verizon. That's why I put their video in there. They actually have a standard for 5G. Whether it gets accepted or not, we'll have to wait and see. But I give Verizon a lot of credit for this front, for doing what they can to make it happen. And the other thing I want you to look at is how the networks are going to be. So just picture this. Picture you still have your carrier's network, right? And it's still going to be on 600 megahertz, 700 megahertz, 1.8 gigahertz, 2.5 gigahertz, whatever the FCC has out there for licensed spectrum. Shoot out to a smaller network, right? That's going to be your 5G. Let's just say 28 gigahertz in this instance. But it's going to be millimeter wave. Millimeter wave. I have a hard time saying that, so bear with me. But that's what it's going to be. It's going to be very small networks, very high throughput, and very low latency. So when you look at this, look at 5G as an extension of the network. Also, I know you've heard a lot about network function virtualization, NFV. That's going to be where they bring the cloud, you know, they bring the computing to the edge. Just like software-defined networking is where the network's going to be smart enough to route things the way that it sees fit, you know, I would like to think the most efficient way. So everything plays into this. It's more than just the wireless network, okay? So when you see 5G and when you see the 28 gigahertz, a millimeter wave, it's going to be more than just a spectrum, more than just a bandwidth, more than just a throughput. And why do we need all this? We need it for a lot of reasons. Now, in the old days, we called it machine to machine. And it's almost similar. I bring up SCADA because it reminds me of SCADA too. But let's call it now the Internet of Things. That's where machines talk to machines over the Internet. And the reason I bring up SCADA is because you know, the utilities have been doing this for a long time, meter reading, making changes, automatic adjustments using these SCADA systems. So that's important to remember that now they'll would that they, the utilities, would have a new way to connect everything through the internet, through these carriers, through 5G networks, but it's very small, very short. But if the network's built out the way it's supposed to be, in theory, we should have coverage everywhere, at least here in the States, right? That's what we're looking at. We're looking at coverage almost everywhere blanket coverage. And I would say a lot of countries are like that. You know, when you go to um, South America, when you go to Asia, you have your concentrated area of areas of coverage, but you also have your dead spots too. It's just the way it is. So anyways, think of your core network. You still have the internet, you still have fiber, then you have the LTE network, then 5G would either be off that LTE network, or it would have a different backbone, maybe a cable modem, and what it would look like are a bunch of small cells at very high frequencies. That's why I say compare it to your Wi-Fi. I don't know what kind of power these things are going to put out, but I would imagine it's not going to be, you know, super high power, maybe a couple watts if that. Could be wrong. Let's ask Verizon, see what they say, because they're the ones that are going to set it. But 
with the SCADA systems, with utilities, utilities did like WiMAX in a 3.5 gigahertz system. So here, here's the thing with the uh, Internet of Things that I want you to think about, too. When we think of 5G, most of the time we think virtual reality. It's so cool. Massive bandwidth because virtual reality, you know, you have video, you have sound, you have all that crap in there. And it's got to be low latency, massive bandwidth. However, when you're talking SCADA, machine to machine, when you're talking uh, anything like that, it's generally low bandwidth. And today's networks really have a hard time with low bandwidth because, it, let's face it, it adds latency because you're sending little tiny packets through. That's why you have low raw and you have low power WAN and you have things like that because you have to be ready for the small packets too. Is it going to be on the same network? Is that going to be part of 5G? I do see it being part of 5G, but I see that's where a lot of this narrowband spectrum can be used up for things like this. You know, let's say under a megahertz. That's what I see. Or, you know, megabits per second, a bandwidth. That's what I really see as being a game changer here. So now, be it good or bad, you're going to have several networks out there. And the 5G is really going to make a difference because it could be a huge, let's say a lot of spectrum. I was going to say a huge amount of spectrum for virtual reality. Or it could be just something like the uh, LoRa, you know, low power, very small packets, not a lot of bandwidth. It could be anything like that. So 5G, even though they say they're defining it now, I'm going to find it interesting because the Internet of Things needs to communicate over something. And right now, the biggest way it communicates, probably LTE, you know, LTE still has a lot out there. Or it's going to be Wi-Fi, but they're going to come up with their own network that has a lot less bandwidth. They just have to figure out the spectrum to put it in. Is it going to be licensed spectrum? Yeah, probably. Probably for those wide area networks. Probably for meter reading, you know, for utilities that want the privacy. Yeah, I would say security. I should say security more than privacy because they really need good security. So just think about it. That's how you're going to build it. And the 5G, I would imagine, are going to be a lot of small cells or what I would consider a small cell. They're going to put them out there. They'll be in different spectrum, different bandwidth. Just trying to think about how they would be laid out, you know, almost like a a very uh, sporadic small cell system concentrated around where it would need to have coverage. And that's where meters have a problem with meter reading because every house has an electric meter, a water meter, or something like that, a gas meter. In my case, I have gas, electric, and water. And it's going to have to read that all the time. So what you're looking at now, how do you plan something like that? It's almost going to have to be on licensed spectrum unless you think the people inside are going to have Wi-Fi and you trust the people enough to keep the Wi-Fi turned up. Will they do it or not? I don't know. You know, I think people would probably do that. Uh, let it go in their Wi-Fi system to go back so the utility can read the meters? I don't know. I mean, it makes sense to me. I would do it. I would just open it up to them. I would say they're more secure probably than I am. Would I try to hack it? No, I wouldn't. But I can <laughs> I can see somebody just trying to hack into their meter so their meter, you know, doesn't go up for three months, which, you know, the utility company would be suspicious. I know I'm getting off on a tangent. I'm on security now and I shouldn't be. What I want to be on is the way it's going to look like. So this gives a new meaning to the HetNet. 
the het net's going to be denser than ever. We're going to have to densify our networks more than ever. We're just going to have to put them everywhere because 5G is going to extend the network out to the user. Not only the network, but the cloud's going to have to go out to the user. Latency is going to have to be as low as possible, and the processing is going to have to be done as close to the customer as pro as pro <laughs> processor as close to the people as possible. Because what you're going to want to do is keep that latency down, have everything handled in a quick, efficient way. And the one thing you hear with IoT are the vehicles. Constantly you hear about the vehicles and how the vehicles are going to change everything and they're going to be auto drive and they're trying to get to that. And, you know, kudos to Google for doing it. I mean, they actually have it working out there. And so far, all their accidents are usually human error. So if you get a bunch of vehicles out there that are computer controlled, I'd say you have a lot less to worry about. You know, like that, uh, what was that Will Smith movie? The machines were taking over the world, basically. It would be something like that. Anyway, going off on a tangent, I'm sorry. Just think about it. You have one big network, and then you have like hundreds, if not thousands of tiny little networks coming off that are dedicated for a specific purpose. Whether it's for meter reading, whether it's for utility controls, or whether it's just so, you know, your thermostat can set a constant temperature. You know, a lot of this stuff is out there now. They're just trying to come up with a different way to use it. Virtual reality is going to be a big thing. That I do know. And that they'll probably try to put something in your house. So I'm curious how the carriers are going to promote 5G as part of their networks. Because when I look at it, I really don't see it as part of their networks. I see it as something that somebody else puts in. With utilities and stuff like that that want the machine to machine or the cars, the vehicles, I would see that as a different network. I don't think they'll want the latency that LTE has right now. Will it improve? Yeah, probably. LTE is getting faster, better. They're improving it every day. The cloud is bringing the processing power to the edge, as close to the edge as possible. And that's what's happening. It's going to really make a difference in the way that we view the next generation, which is 5G. It's going to really depend on low latency. More, I think so, I'm trying to think how to word this, but uh, I think it's going to have more to do with low latency than it's going to have to do with bandwidth. Again, machine to machine, low bandwidth, low latency, quick, quick, quick. Uh, for virtual reality, again, you're going to need low latency, but you need massive, massive bandwidth. I would not put machine to machine and virtual reality on the same network. I just wouldn't do it. All right, everybody, I'm going to let you go. I know this was brief. Uh, I was in a lot of, you know, sort of busy this week. I apologize, but read the blog, wadeforwireless.com and towersafety.com. Again, one of my uh, sponsors and Tower Tracker Pro. There are links in my blog at wade4wireless, W-A-D-E, the number four, wireless.com. And I have a link in there for the wireless deployment handbook. For all you guys out there to learn more about wireless deployment. Seems to be um, still selling, so thank you for everyone who's bought it. Remember, be smart, be safe, and pay attention. When you pay attention, you see the hazards in front of you and you learn things. So paying attention is a key part of being smart and being safe. All right, see ya.